0: what, what attracts you most to the SEO side of things?
1: So the, the most attractive part about SEO is that it, it's a lot cheaper in the long run, right? In, in the short run, you have mm-hmm. to put a lot more time and energy into it, but in the long run, I mean, it, it's the kind of platform where it's only the, the, marketing itself gets cheaper over time, right? Unlike PPC, where it's only yep. going to get more expensive. Um, and then the other yep. part of it, at least for us is that, you know, it's real estate SEO in particular is not very competitive. I know that is not what mm-hmm. people want to hear right now. Um, but it is very uncompetitive yep. and there's a, a really, great opportunity for people to enter that market and really take control of their of their local market and become a dominant force
0: what's up y'all you're listening to the carrot cast podcast the podcast with a funny name but a big mission we help thousands of real estate investors and agents grow rock solid mindsets do better marketing so that you can build a business of freedom and impact i'm your host trevor mock let's dive into today's episode So y'all, we're coming at you today with an episode of the Carrot Cast is 100% focused on SEO. So you guys and gals know that one of the biggest things Carrot's known for, one of the biggest things that our clients really focus on using our tool for is ranking really high in Google. And we haven't done a whole heck of a lot of SEO focused podcasts uh, in the past six to 12 months. We've done Google ads. We've done Facebook ads. We've done other topics as well. We have touched on SEO uh, and lots on evergreen marketing, which that's kind of the umbrella, Goes over the top of seo as well but we're going to dive in really deep uh, on seo today with uh, one of our shoot care camp alumni is andrew uh, andy kalaji and i'm going to introduce you guys to him here in a second and one of the cool things one of the things i'm most excited about that uh, with having andy on here is when we were at the carrot camp event that he was at this last time I remember when when he was giving his presentation, looking around the room and like, there were people looking at me going, this guy's smart. Like, this guy's really, really smart. Uh, Keith Sant, who's, you know, he's, we might as well set him up a permanent seat at the carrot, at the carrot camp table. Uh, he was looking at me and Keith is amazing at SEO. And he's like, dude, I need to connect with Andy. And I know you guys have since then. So Andy, I'm excited for this session today. Welcome on the carrot cast, dude. Uh, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thanks, man.
1: I, I super appreciate it. Um, yeah. I mean, care camp was a great time. I, I recommend everybody go to it as well. I mean, it, was, it it's great to meet everybody and it, make connections around the country where people are doing the same stuff. So that's super awesome.
0: Dude, so we're we're gonna dive in really, really detailed on the SEO side. And guys, uh, for those of you who are listening or watching this on YouTube, there's definitely gonna be some technical stuff in here. So if you're brand new to SEO, if you have literally don't even know what the word SEO is, listen to this episode, but recognize and realize that there's probably gonna be some concepts that are gonna go over your head and you might not know what they are. That's okay. Okay, because we have we have really good training that goes all the way from the basics of SEO up to advanced. So this call is gonna be more in that intermediate to advanced range. We're not gonna talk about the basics of SEO in the Call, um, and we're going to dive into data, and so that's one of the cool things. There was a map that Andy showed uh, on how he targets what he needs to do with his location page, and we'll probably bring up some data here in a bit. But we before we dive into that, man, let's let people know who the heck you are, um, Andy. Where where you where do you live? Uh, where's your primary market? I know you're in multiple markets on the on the real estate side. And dude, what brought you into real estate? Cause you haven't been in it uh, all that. long. Yeah, much.
1: man. So you know we're in the D. M. V. So that's D. C. Maryland, Virginia, and it's effectively three states, right? Three different regions and stuff. Yep. And, uh, you know, the reason we got into real estate in the first place is we wanted to quit our jobs. I mean, it, it's the same pattern for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but we want to remove that income ceiling and we want to have more time and, and, and location freedom. Um, so we, yep. we got started right around the beginning of COVID and then we ended up uh, actually hitting the ground running with Carrot and, and the Carrot side and, and going on in that in the summertime. <laughs>
0: (laughs) Dude, so so you've been a Carrot member in in real estate for shoot right about a year and a half or so from the time that we're recording this. And let's give people some context here. So what are you you guys seeing right now in your business? What kind of volume are you seeing? Uh, What's the marketing mix for you, SEO versus other types of things? Just so people can kind of see what you've been able to do in a pretty darn short amount of time. And then we're going to walk through how you've you've done some of that with SEO. But what's the business look like? As of
1: today, right now, we're 100% SEO. Uh, We're running Bing ads. For a short period of time, and we're restarting Bing Ads and PPC locally in this in this market uh, starting tomorrow. So uh, we're, yep. we're starting to roll that back up again, but we're doing about just over sixty leads a month for the past couple months, and then we, we've ramped up since since the summertime. And it, and it is a shorter time frame, so it's it's you know what I mean. Yep. It's a little bit harder to to ramp that part up.
0: Dude, so that, that's the cool thing. I want you guys to listen to what he said there. So Andy said they're getting about 60 leads. and uh, These are all sellers, yep. right? I was looking in your account. I don't think you even have a buyer site. You've got a land site. You've got seller sites in a few different markets. So you're kind of hyper-targeting those sites in those markets. We'll dive into that strategy, guys, and we'll kind of do some screen share. So if you're listening to the podcast uh, on Apple or on Spotify, guys, listen to the podcast here, but then go to YouTube. So find our, our channel on YouTube. Look up Kara on YouTube. Find us. Subscribe over there because you're going to be able to you're going to want to look at some of the visuals here. Um, so you're in multiple markets and I want to kind of unpiece everything, Andy, all the way from um, you know, how you started. Did you start in one market? How you expanded out? But then some of the things that you've been doing really well that you taught at Carrot Camp are, you know, how, how do you decide which uh, location pages to create? Which ones to get rid of, right? Because there's a lot of clients on the investor side who are creating location pages way too niche. And I want to uh, dive into how you discover that and the data behind it. But so you started at the beginning of COVID. What originally brought you to, to Carrot and uh, and what kind of made you jump jump in and take that, that leap to so Carrot?
1: I, we're, we're technical people, right? We came from computer science, computer engineering backgrounds. And uh, I tried mm-hmm. cold calling. I tried text messaging. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not the right <laughs> guy for it. Um, and so we, we yeah. knew that for us to really leverage our skill sets and to, to make this business work, we had to do something technical. And we did do PPC. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, at the same time when we we're ramping up SEO and stuff. Um, but we knew, you know, the, the magic bullet for us was going to be SEO.
0: Yeah. Dude. So on, on the SEO side, what, what for you, uh, has attracted you to the SEO side? Cause I think you and I are thinking very, very similar here. What, what attracts you most to the SEO side of things?
1: So the, the most attractive part about SEO is that it, it's a lot cheaper in the long run, right? In, in the short run, you have mm-hmm. to put a lot more time and energy into it. But in the long run, I mean, it, it's the kind of platform where it's only... The, the marketing itself gets cheaper over time, right? Unlike PPC, where it's only yep. going to get more expensive. Um, and then the other yep. part of it, at least for us, is that you know, it, real estate SEO in particular is not very competitive. I know that is not what mm-hmm. people want to hear right now, um, but it is very uncompetitive. Yep. And there's a, a really great opportunity for people to enter that market and really take control of their, of their local market and and become a dominating force.
0: I want to talk about this really quick because one, one thing that comes up a good bit at carrot is, is people will say, well, shoot, how am I going to get leads in this market when there's already people ranking high that have been there for years, or how am I going to be, how am I getting leads in this market when there's already carrot customers in that market that are ranking high, and and kind of my feedback on that is carrot's a tool, right? Carrot's a tool that can give you um, an up level, you know, versus going and launching your own custom site or versus using Wix or Weebly or Squarespace or something like that. Um, so it's a tool and it levels the playing field with all those who are using the tool. Then you've got to out-execute the other people, which is what you have done in your market. So you entered the market. Um, have you been able to outrank other sites that were already there for years, including carrot sites, even though you've only been going for a little bit? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Years? I mean, the, you've had some of their, some yeah. our competitors on your podcast and stuff, um, and it it, it did yeah. take a lot of work. I'm not going to underscore that at all. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, if if you hit the ground running, you really put a lot of effort into it, you, you could definitely do it. And like you said, Carrot is just a platform. You know, you need to be able to execute on top of that platform to expect real results. Um, and you could try to do it without Carrot, but Carrot takes away 20% of the work right off the bat, right? And so, you know, having that, uh, that running start makes it very helpful
0: dude so last question before we dive into the seo stuff so one thing that people are probably thinking is you're getting about 60 leads a month on the seller side um what do you how's your guys business set up so do you guys actually take the seller calls are you negotiating the deals or are you guys partnering with people on the on so the we,
1: we've done some of the negotiation side it's not our favorite thing to do and we've actually partnered with a bunch of them um, ex, ex express home buyers people who've, who've kind of moved on and done their own thing oh cool um so we're working with them yep. uh, basically one-on-one and we, we split everything 50 50 um so, mm-hmm. they're at this point, they're handling all the seller calls. They pick up the phones. If you call the house guys right now, don't do that. Um, but it's not gonna be picking up the phone, hmm.
0: dude. That, that's cool because one thing I want you guys to recognize is we've talked with Dennis Facet about this. Go look at that episode of the Carrot Cast as well. We've talked to other other um carrot members. Dennis had said, you know what, he actually really 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 loves the marketing as well. He's like, I'll take the phone calls, but he loved the marketing. He partnered with uh, a local investor who he trusted, who can close really, really well. So he focused on marketing and then he sends him to the investor to close. And so if you guys don't want to have to go out there and, and pick up phone calls all the time, talk with sellers, go to houses all the time and you love the marketing part of it, uh, then just do that. And just like Andy said, that can be your business model. So guys, it's insanely, insanely big opportunities for that right now. So dude, when when you launched Carrot, Uh, you started in one market and then what did you do in that market to start to get momentum on the seo side in that market then later we're going to talk about why and how you went into multiple markets but let's focus on that first market how'd you get your first initial traction on seo and what are some takeaways that people can take to go implement things in their site so
1: the the easiest and this is this is like where the common confusion comes with seo and 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 especially real estate investor seo right so you know we're, we're told to create city pages and stuff and that's the low-hanging fruit, right? It's going to be a lot less competitive to rank in, shoot, Alexandria, Virginia, rather than Washington, D.C. The flip side to that is that, like you said, people do go too deep down that rabbit hole and end up trying to rank in neighborhoods and, you know, CDPs and all this other cra- counties, all this other crazy stuff. Um, so, you know, we didn't pick up steam for, for quite a while. I mean, we started, you know, we started getting leads about you know, probably five to six months in, but it took us so basically until that 12-month mark or the, excuse me, the 10 month mark to really get to that 60 lead a month mark um, mm. while we were trying to figure out and understand how to basically revitalize the city page uh, structure, if that makes sense. Um, so from yep. from the beginning of it, I mean, it, it comes down to backlinks, writing really, really good on-page content. Um, mm-hmm. Schema is super important. Um, you know, unique images that, that have the right alt text and, and potentially are geocoded to, the, to your region. Um, there's a lot of little things you can do that will help along the way.
0: Dude, so there's a, a few things that you brought up in there. And guys, what I want you guys to do, if you know SEO, or if you've been studying it, take those things Andy mentioned, put them on your to-do list, go research them, implement them, them on Carrot. Um, but on, you'd mentioned a couple things in there, your images, things like that, you know, the content. What what did you what did you guys do on that site and, and then the future sites you guys launched after that, as far as the content went, as far as the image went. Um, did you rewrite all of it? Did you rewrite some of it? Did you swap out all the images? Kind of what was your path? So there? we definitely
1: rewrote all of Carrot's content. And the the reason for that is because we're trying to get... Carrot gives a great base, right? But you gotta you gotta like really hone that into your market. Um, and not only hone that into your market, but hone that into what you want to target, right? Now, I I don't believe duplicate content's a real thing. I'm gonna be the first to say, but um, you know, so we do have a lot of duplicate content across city pages and stuff, uh, and across different Mm -hmm. sites on different markets. I'm not really too concerned about that, but you do need to rewrite that that carrot content because it's not going to be the thing that gets you to number one. You have to make yourself unique compared to other pages in that market.
0: Dude, 100% and on the conversion side too, right? And guys, this is something I really wanna have people recognize is like Andy said, we launch, uh, we we create the carrot platform so you have the edge and advantage and we kind of give you the map and say, Here's some of the things you should, you should talk about on your site. Now, if you're just going to do paid traffic or if you were just going to rank for your company name, you don't have to update any of that stuff for the, for the reason of SEO, right? You just have to do it for conversion, you're getting your testimonials in there, your story, your pictures, things like that. But if you're wanting to rank well in Google, as we've been saying this for years and years, you've got to go in and update that, that content, either all like Andy did or the vast majority of it and really making it your own. Um, and for the conversion side, dude, that's where it's, Crazy important there because when people come on, they've got to see that that you are, you know, a little bit different. There's testimonials, there's content, there's images that you should have on your site that others shouldn't have on your site. So, Andy's done an amazing job at it. We might uh, be able to a little bit later show a couple, you know, screen grabs of, of kind of some things he's done uh, on there. But one thing you mentioned, you mentioned duplicate content. So I want to dig into this a little bit because. Uh, same thing. This is something that that uh, just naturally we get a lot of questions about because of that reason. Because when you launch a site, it's got content, and if, if a person launches a site the same day in the same market, it's probably going to have ninety eight percent the same content. And so we're always guiding people there. But you'd mentioned um, the uh, your your stance on duplicate content. I think we, you and I have a, have a very similar stance. So I'll explain mine after you. But what's what is that stance on duplicate content? Why do you feel that you're not really seeing that be a an issue. So I,
1: it's a complicated, it's not a one size fits all answer, so I'm gonna do my best to, to break it down into two categories. Yep. But you know, if I have site A has the same content as site B and they both try to rank for the same keyword, they're both gonna rank for that same keyword. But if you start to stack more mm-hmm. of those sites up over time, Google's gonna see this content that's very similar, that's all answering the same question, and it's just not gonna index it. So you just won't see it in the in the uh, the, the search index effectively. And, you know, we'll get into this later when we talk about the blogs and keyword cannibalization, stuff like that. Um, but, yep. you know, when you're starting to have the de-index content problem, that's where you start to run into real issues with your site. But when it comes to, hey, I have, you know, 10 city pages with the same content on it, that doesn't matter. That You can keep that exact same thing. You're not gonna run into a problem at all.
0: Yep. And dude, we've seen the same thing because in the early, early days, of character is really, really interesting because we, ha- we didn't have as many clients as we do now. And so we were looking at it going, well, shoot, the first probably year to two, people really didn't update their content almost at all. You know, it's like there's a client up in this city in New York and a client over here in Texas and a client over here. And their site, their sites were almost all exactly the same content. They were all ranking really, really well. And it was because it was different cities. And if you're to look at, if you were to look at um, a, a site like Zillow as an example. So. Uh, let me, I'm going to share my screen really quick. So for those of you that are on the audio version, I'm going to try to visualize this as much as I can. Um, those of you that are on the YouTube version, uh, I'm going to show you guys a couple things. We'll probably have Andy show some things. We dive into some data, uh, in the keyword cannibalization side here in a second. But if, if I were to do a Google search, which I just did a Google search here that was homes for sale, Roseburg, Oregon. Okay. Zillow is going to pop up at the top realtor.com at the top. If you look at what Zillow has done here, you know pretty much it says the town and then real estate and homes for sale and then if you scroll down to the bottom you know you 're going to get through all these little property listings here. but then if you scroll down to the bottom, you see other content here okay and if you go down further now this is all auto populated content where it 's talking about the cities around the area populations, things like that. Uh, and then you go all the way, all the way down. Okay. So the reason I'm wanting to show you guys this is if I was to do another search for, let's just say, Eugene, Oregon. Okay. You're going to see the exact same format on the Zillow page. Let's go to the Zillow page right here, and I'll kind of compare the two with you guys. So right here, their title on it is Eugene OR Real Estate and Homes for Sale. Let's go to the Roseburg one. Roseburg OR Real Estate and Homes for Sale. And it shows a bunch of stuff there. Their, their title tags are almost exactly the same, just swapping out the city. And then you go all the way to the bottom of the Eugene one, and it's the exact same format. This content here is 98% the same, probably even more than that. Uh, this content here is all auto populated, which this this is what we teach you guys anyway, that at the bottom of your location pages, kind of link up some of your other location pages where they call them related searches. So guys, the majority of this content, at least the structure of, of the content is the same page over page, depending on the cities. The main stuff that's different on their example with um, property buyers is you know they, pop- they auto populate in properties and things like that. But you can use a similar format, guys, as far as As far as page by page you'll just have to update the content a little bit but use the same title tag just the city use the same alt tags just swap out the city things like that cool well dude annie let's dive into the into the technical stuff here so i've got some notes but i want you to take it wherever you want to take it here um because you were able to really dive in and go down the the seo rabbit hole big time and you talked about restructuring your site de-indexing or improving blogs where do you want to start um as far as the more advanced stuff that people can take so away? I, I,
1: I'll just get into it. I mean, there's, there's really two big things that people would take away from this presentation when it comes to improving their carrot site. And the, the first cool. one is that the city pages that you want to have on your site, you want them to be relevant, good, useful city pages. Um, so what we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of investors do is they kind of just throw darts at it board until they figure out which city pages they want. And that could be they're looking at population metrics. It could be they're looking at investor activity. Um, mm-hmm. And we tried that. I mean, we had 50 city pages at one point, and what ended up happening is Google was de-indexing them all. Um, so we we then took a different approach, and we basically we created a script, and we kind of scraped every zip code and in, in the region that we were covering, and then and then uh, searched motivated seller keywords from those zip codes to see what city pages were popping up across the region. And mm-hmm. you know now we can print out both a couple of things. We can print out basically a ranking map of how we rank across the region, and then on top of that, we can also print out a list of basically the the city pages that you'll need, if you wanna rank like a 100% flat green map in that region, if that makes sense.
0: Dude, so th- this right here is the coolest thing uh, for me. Cause I, I know this is what, when you showed at Carrot Camp, people were like looking, me and my product manager were looking going, how do we build this into our software? You know, And we, I wanna connect with you to see what, what the heck we could make happen there. But if you're able to, do you have something visual we could show up, um, bring up for the YouTube, audience for anyway, sure. and we'll describe as well as we can for the podcast audience, but show people what what you have done and how you then determine which pages to create, uh, which ones to kill, things like so
1: that. The, the, the section about creating the pages is actually a spreadsheet that just kind of prints out like an uh, SEO city score report. Um, but this one is uh-huh. actually the part that shows the rankings, right? So this is this is run across our site. It's searching the term we buy houses, which is not the best motivated seller keyword in our market. But everybody tries yeah. to rank for we buy houses, so it's a really good indication of how you're going to rank in your market. Um, and so, if you, if you look, you can see on the on the left side, uh, we, we basically, for the people listening via audio, we color code it based on how we're ranking. Um, and if it's black, if if anything's below ten, because if you're on the second page, no one's ever going to find you anyway. Um, and we try to mm-hmm. create this color graph and see, okay, you know, here's where we're ranking, here's where we're not ranking, and you know. In our market, we were never targeting Baltimore, and we knew that at the time. Um, and so you can see on our map that, that Baltimore is very black because we just weren't targeting it. Um, and then the first time we ran this, we actually realized that a, a city called Fairfax, Virginia, was also black. I mean, we, we weren't ranking in it. And we had previously had a city page there before. And you know, using this data, we were able to realize that we, we did need a city page there, even though we thought we didn't because other city pages were there. It's basically a one-shot way to say, okay look across the whole region where do you need city pages where do you not need city pages
0: dude so let's take into this a little bit deeper one thing one thing that you were mentioning was you had created a lot of pages and I remember at Care Camp, you're saying oftentimes your state page was the thing that Google was grabbing and ranking versus that city or that neighborhood or something. And that's probably happened with with a lot of Care customers too. And, and oftentimes they're, they're not even making state pages. Uh, they're probably just doing the city that they're in and the four or five other cities around them, and not even doing a state page. So where where do you find uh, the state page coming in versus the city pages? And, and what what takeaways can people take from from uh, your learnings So out.
1: I'd say there's two main things there. The first one is the state page is actually the biggest driver of leads by far uh, compared mm. to city pages. Um, we I'll give an example in our market that might be helpful to some other people's markets. We have a city called Reston, Virginia. It's a large city, 65,000 people. Everybody knows, everybody's been there kind of thing. And if you search yep. motivated seller generic search terms from that city, the state page is going to pop up. It's not going to be the city huh. page. And why that's important is because not many people actually search generic keyword plus city state they search just generic keyword um and mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have a rest of city page you're never going to capture those leads unless that one person is searching city state after it which doesn't happen very yeah. often so uh well yeah that's that's the primary takeaway, i guess
0: Dude. So guys, I want you guys to write that one down right there. No matter what city you're in uh, right now, definitely go and, and create an action item to go create a really good state page. And so uh, it's just, it's essentially the same thing as what we're calling a city page. We're probably going to start to kind of transition the the vernacular on that to a location page just to kind of grab a, you know, water swath, a wider swath so it's not just a city. But um, guys, go create a page for your state. Uh, Just like Andy mentioned, make it robust, uh, update the content well, talk about maybe the primary uh, cities you might buy in on that state page optimize the the title tags, the alt tags, the normal stuff that we already teach you uh, for the state. And then start to see how that pops up. Cause that, that one tip right there, guys, is going to be an amazing, amazing thing for you. Cause then that way, like Andy was saying, you don't have to make a city page for every single city and every single town, maybe some of the bigger ones possibly, but not every single city. Cause that state page will encompass all of that for you, dude. So once you started to do that, what kind of happened to your rankings and traffic? Was it, was it a pretty darn noticeable uh, change? Or <laughs> yeah, what, what you know, for
1: happen? sure. I mean, I mean, when we removed a lot of the, the blog content that we didn't need anymore and we removed a lot of the city pages we didn't need, it spiked overnight. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were going from, I think, probably 10 or so leads a month to 60 leads a month overnight. Um, and this is just one site, one market. I mean, the other sites are doing other stuff. So, you know, having that impact on everybody else's carrier site, I imagine people could do some, some pretty fun stuff.
0: So you were mentioned. You were mentioning the blog side of it too. And um, let's kind of switch switch topics if you're cool with that, and go to that. If there's anything else that you're wanting to, to touch on on the city side of it, we can we can go back there. Um, one thing that I saw come through our support channel shoot a month or so ago was there was a number of clients that were coming in, and they were they were being taught um, by somebody who's amazingly smart with SEO, but they were being taught to to queue up two to three blog posts a day. You know the automated blog posts. They weren't really changing any of the. The blog posts on them. Most of the posts are the long tail type, but like you were mentioning, some are kind of competing against the primary phrases. But what have you what have you started to do on the blog post side of it um, that really helped you get better momentum and remove the conflicts on the keywords uh, with the blog so posts?
1: So I'll preempt that by saying everybody who's been doing that should go into Google Search Console, click on that coverage button, and then see which pages are labeled, you know, uh, crawled, but not indexed or discovered but not indexed. And any, if anything that's in that category, should be removed or, or redone or modeled in a way that Google should index it, right? Because they're not index, indexing mm-hmm. it currently. Um, you know, we took the approach that you should have informational content on your site, even though it's a, basically a transactional web, uh, uh, organization slash website, um, but picking the right content to, to uh, list on there is, is really important. You want to have content on there that someone's mm-hmm. actually going to go find that is search volume, that Google is going to say, okay, we should have this content in the index because someone's actually going to need to use it. And, you know, and, and like mm-hmm. putting in like, like how to sell, you know, my, my dog's doghouse in Percival, Virginia, that nobody's ever going to search. And, and people do have content on their yeah. site that's like that, that they probably shouldn't have at this point.
0: Yep. So what, what did, what did you guys end up doing this? You went into Google search console. You looked at the ones that aren't getting indexed. Did you did you then just go and um, unpublish all those posts, or did you go in and, and adjust and modify some of them? So most
1: of them we, we de-indexed because they just they weren't relevant to what we were they weren't relevant to our strategy, right? Um, yep. And then some we did keep and we modified significantly to to try to turn them into more convertible content that, that we could use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Yep. We also wrote some other articles that were more hyper-specific so like for sale by owner of virginia so if you search anything for sale by owner of virginia or anything related to that from virginia you're going to see that article um but that was mm-hmm. a lot longer than a typical carrot article i mean that was six thousand
0: words so <laughs> different yep.
1: it was different style um
0: yeah yep and, and with, with those ones there like as we're kind of diving deep into the into the more technical stuff on this at carrot we'll call the, the longer ones kind of a pillar post so um, this is getting you know really deep here for all the all the all the SEO and content marketing <laughs> nerds. But so what we'll do at Carrot is we'll take and we'll say, what are our main content pillars, right? So if you're an investor or an agent, you might have pillars around. Well, I love inherited and probate properties. I really love the foreclosure one. Like whatever it is, right? Whatever the the main topics are, the people might be searching. It's the there might be a pillar on all the cash home buyer type phrases. It's your cash home buyer. We buy house. Sell my house fast. Things like that. And so, if you have three, four, five pillars, um, ideally, at least you know this is what this is what we do on our side. You have a one one really good long, robust blog post. So it could be you could be if you don't want to write it, it could be starting with the video post. You know, do a do a ten minute video post, and then have a writer then come in there and polish it up and make it nicer. Because then you're going to have a multiple thousand word article. Um, or just hire someone for a few hundred bucks to write a really robust article for you, or use a tool like Jarvis AI if you want to get really really nerdy with AI content but have that really long pillar content on you know a thousand two thousand three thousand words on something around pro selling a house and probate in this this area, and then you can have a handful of other articles on the probate topic underneath it. But really, really specific to different parts of the probate process. To all link back up to that that pillar article. So um, that's awesome, man. Are you guys starting to get some rankings and, and uh, some leads trickling through from that big long pillar post you would mentioned? Yeah, we
1: do have leads coming in from the pillar post we've done. Um, I'll be honest though; like, it's not a strategy we're going to continue to do in other markets and other sites. Um, the types yep. of people who are... because you can you can. Break any search term down into basically one of two things, or one of three things, but in our in our niche, one of two things: transactional and informational content mm-hmm. searches. Right, and people who are looking for yep. informational content, they're just typically not as motivated, right? So they're, they're planning to sell their house yep. someday in the future, but it's just not today, and it's not in the next year. Um, and so mm-hmm. for our strategy, because we're not real estate agents, we're not looking for that super long term play. It's just not fitting into our into our niche. If that makes sense.
0: Yep, I like it. I like it, man. So dude, you talk about de-indexing and guys, go look in the Google or go look in the Carrot Help Center. We'll teach you how to de-index pages in there. It's just a simple click of a button inside of the actual page editor. So that's probably a question some people ask. And, and, and like I said, if some of this content is going over your head and like, man, I have to de-index and what's Google console? Don't worry about it for now, y'all. Like worry about that after you do the, the basics of implementing uh, the carrot system like Andy had said, update your content, uh, go through and rewrite some of that content, uh, create those location pages, get your state page created, and uh, take the pressure off from having to create a page on every single thing. Now, if you're an agent listening to this, I'm gonna kind of flip the strategy a little bit for you because on those location pages uh, with an agent, oftentimes people uh, with an agent for buyers, okay? So buyers are a little bit different than sellers and how they search. For buyers, oftentimes buyers, especially retail, are going to search very, very specific neighborhoods or developments. Even okay, so if you're a real estate agent and you're you're looking for buyer leads, you will want uh, a, a location page specifically on this development because people are probably searching that online. You can find the data on Google. Uh, you're going to want a location page in this neighborhood if it's a sought-out neighborhood, and people are actually searching that in Google, and it's showing up in Google Suggestion. But on sellers, sellers don't traditionally search "sell my house fast in the Melrose neighborhood." You know, it's like "sell my house fast in Roseburg" or "sell my house from a Roseburg location," and Google then will pull up the most relevant thing there. So, uh, take take this this uh, feedback, guys. What we're teaching today is hyper specific to sellers um but the buyer side of it you can get a lot more niche down with those pages it's not with sellers cool dude what's next man so I, I know I've got some notes in here black black hat versus white hat I've got some notes on here on um uh let's see site uh, where would I go where to go site structure uh, restructure the site removing city page d index I've got that part oh using data to structure your site. Uh, where do you want to go now man using data structure your site white, hat, white yeah, hat well
1: i the last touch on the data part is like basically using that data to understand what city pages you need and then what city pages are the highest priority and so you know the okay. the, the important part about site structure is that you really want to be able to control where the link juice is this is going to get a little nutty but the, where the link fuse is That's on good. your site right um you know if i were to create a new site in a new market and i want to take over the whole market my homepage would be my state page. And then I'd put my most important city pages underneath that. The issue with that is that you need to actually determine what are the most important city pages. It's not based on population. Um, a good example of that is Washington DC, right? You'd think that Washington DC is, you know, everybody knows Washington DC. Everybody should rank in Washington DC. We get no leads in Washington (laughs) DC. It's crazy because, uh, part of the reason why is because it's a city of renters, right? It's a lot of multifamily condo, you know, apartments, that kind of stuff. Um, so there's a lot of finagling when it comes to what's the most important city to rank in versus what city has the most population. They're two very, very different things.
0: Dude, so there, I, I don't have this data, but this would be a really, really interesting one to dive into is the Los Angeles market it has some really weird and interesting dynamics because uh, we find in our data people, there's even people who rank number one in Google for like we buy houses in Los Angeles, just sell my house fast in Los Angeles. Not nearly as many leads as someone would think, right? They think that if I got that ranking, I'm going to get 100 leads a month, and it's not like there's markets like a Tacoma or um, you know other markets that get far more leads with a fraction of the, of the population, and um, that markets it's just interesting. Can I venture uh, that might be one that you and I dive into and, and do some research on it? Yeah, I honest.
1: mean, I, I'll venture a reason as to why, and this is what we've seen in a lot of other markets: is that uh, Google's perception. We'll use. But, okay, so L.A., right? So Google's perception of how big L.A. is and what is relevant to L.A. as a concept is, is probably much smaller than what people consider to be L.A., right? So this goes back to, yeah. are people actually searching Los Angeles or are they searching sell my house for cash, right? And if someone searches sell my yep. house for cash on what Google perceives to be the edge of Los Angeles, the California page is gonna show up. And so if someone has a really yeah, well-ranking sure. California page, I bet they're gonna bring in 120 to 140 leads a month.
0: Yep. That's cool, man. I love it. I love it. Well, dude, where do we uh, where do we go next? Let's talk about um, the, how to use data to structure your site. So uh, you mentioned Scale SERP as, as a tool. I, I, I had a chance to look at that a little bit, but what are some of the things that people can do uh, on the structure side? of So me?
1: if they're not interested in making a script or a tool or, or work with us to, to figure that part of it out, they, they can go do it manually using a tool called Balintin, App, And I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. could... Throw down in the description for the link, um, but basically with that yeah. tool you can put in a zip code and you can put in your search term and you can basically see what the results would be for that search result page um, from that zip code or from that from that location, mm. and that's really helpful because you'll be able to quickly understand okay you know in Reston Virginia in you know two two four zero three whatever the zip code might be these are the pages that are showing up this is the kind of site this, these are the kind of pages that I need to have to rank in these zip codes.
0: Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. And hey guys, we'll, we'll link those, we'll link those ones up there. And so once someone were to use a tool like that, and, and a lot of you guys are probably going like, that was amazing. How do we actually learn this? I'm going to, I'm going to talk with Andy after this to see if there is anything that we can do on the, on the training side of it. Cause Um, What he's talking about, guys, like I said, is more advanced. So if there's anything that's going over your head, awesome. Go back to our our more basic or intermediate SEO training. Come back to this one once you get to the spot where Andy is now. Um, Dude, so white hat and black hat. This is something I was on a Facebook uh, thread the other day, and there's a a client, um, and he's been ranking really, really well uh, with his carrot site and non-carrot site, taking over lots of rankings in a very short amount of time and uh he does an amazing job uh, but there there's some ways that some of the the backlinks are being built and some other things where i'm like man um it's either it's either right in the middle that gray hat some of it possibly a little bit black hat and i always have concerns myself because i've been through it andy i've done the black hat stuff back in the day I, i've done the, the stuff in the links i've done probably about almost everything you can think of i bought expired domains and created pbn's out of them you know six seven eight years ago Well, shoot Longer than a decade ago before Carrot, I've done almost everything you can think of. And the one thing for me that I've realized with gaming things on the Black Hat side is there's a there's a there's more than a 50-50 coin flip chance that I found that likely someday Google will sniff it out and all that work that you put into it will go to nil. But it, there's also a 50% chance that it won't right? Uh, If if you're really aggressive with them. But there is a place for Black Hat. There is a place for figuring out some things to accelerate the SEO results versus just doing uh, the basics. They're going to take a while. How do you think about um, White Hat, Black Hat? Maybe explain what it is for the the audience. And what have you found is working best for you to really grow? Sustainable SEO results are going to be around for a long time. For sure.
1: And I I think you nailed it too with that explanation. But basically, you could sum it up into evergreen SEO and non evergreen SEO. Um, and people typically mm. think of it SEO is super evergreen, but there's a very wide spectrum there. Um, you know, so, so black hat SEO is, you, you know, you're, you're building links in a very aggressive way, maybe using automated tools, GSA, sir. Um, that, we won't have to get down that rabbit hole, but, but um, you're, <laughs> um, but the, there is value in it, right? And and you can rank really, really, really fast. And if you're not in it for the long game, it's a great method. Like I'm not knocking it. I mean, I think everybody should do it if the, if that's their plan, right? But if you're trying to take over market, be there for a really long time, and not have to mess around with this kind of stuff, it's probably something to stay away from more often than not. Um, and I I'll be the first to say, you know, we've tested a lot of black hat stuff. We have some other test uh, real estate sites that we use for this kind of stuff, and. Um, So i'm not knocking it but i do think that you know if people are buying these like three thousand dollar quick win products and expecting long-term results you know think twice be careful do some research
0: yeah dude and and that's the biggest thing because I've, i've seen so many facebook threads so many conversations going on lately where people are getting a really high ranking in a in a city that they shouldn't get a ranking from day one that fast in like three four months two months and um guys the only way that that can happen is by gaming the system from backlinks like you you've got to have a good a good foundation with the website that google likes and the, like that part's got to be there but it's by scaling up the backlinks and so if you guys are buying backlinks like like andy mentioned uh, at volume you know if you're buying hundreds of backlinks at, at a time that's not going to be natural that's not going to show up in google's eyes to go oh this site naturally should be getting that uh, unless unless they're they're coming from you you know, basically you you have one way that that could happen is let's say your company blows up on the media. All right. There's a big news story and you're somehow wrapped up in that news story. And your website is linked in the, in the initial news story about your company. Now what happens in news is the the other news stations are now going to refer back to that original source. And then they're going to publish their own version of it. And you might get a bunch of news sites, legitimate news sites linking back to that original source that links back to you. And some of them are going to link back to you as well. So something like that actually would probably be a really good thing uh, as long as it was, it was it was good news in some way shape or form. But if you're building it from a bunch of randomized sites that aren't high quality sites that aren't related in some way, shape, or form to the topic, uh, it's not going to be as quality. So, guys, don't go to don't go to Fiverr, please, and buy 300, 800, 2,000 link packages. It might work amazing now. You might be see, seeing people on Facebook post about it, and you might have that kind of envy to go, "Man, I want the ranking that fast." But don't do it, guys, because it could it could disappear in a year, could disappear in eight months, could disappear in two years, maybe even three years at last but eventually it likely will disappear <clears throat> and you've got to redo all that work.
1: I, I completely agree. And sure. a, a, one thing I'll say about the white hat strategies too, is that they take a really long time. If you're doing purely white hat strategies, I mean, you need to plan in for at least a year, if not more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on top of that, it, before you buy a product or pay for, you know, a $20,000 course or something like that, you need to at least understand a little bit about what you're getting into because it's a lot of work and yeah it can pay off really well in the long run, but you need to understand what you're buying. Like Trevor, you know, he Trevor hires mm-hmm. content writers to, you know, work on a site and stuff like that. But he's also done it. He gets it. He's been through the process. Yep. He understands what he needs to look for at this point. He didn't just wake up one morning and say, we're, we're writing content and we're getting these these people on it right away. <laughs>
0: Andy, so on on the backlink side on on that topic, let's give people a few kind of takeaways so they can do good quality white hat. Like you said, it's going to take a bit of time, but it's going to have better staying power. It's going to, you know, as long as you keep doing that work and maintain it uh, and continue to build consistent good links over time and continue to have good content and refresh your site with good fresh content, uh, your ranking should be solid for a while. But what have what have you done on the backlink side of things uh, specifically? Maybe hey, people can go get good links doing this this practice. So
1: I, I think the biggest driver of Google's trust right now, if you want to get like high quality, trust with backlinks, is definitely HARO products. Or like so, doing HARO, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can get products to do HARO at this point. Have people do it for you, or you know, you can yep. you can do it yourself, and and it it's worked. I mean, I've I've been there. I've been waking up at five AM answering HARO before, so I've I've been through the trials and tribulations. Um, also just networking, getting in you know contact with other bloggers and, and doing not guest post farm level guest posts, but like high quality, like really genuine sites that people visit a lot, those kind of sites, if you get a guest post from them, that's going to be a great link and that's going to stick around for a long time. The one thing I would avoid more than anything, including black hat stuff is do not buy stuff on guest post farms. There's, if you're buying guest posts, on resident style or home business bag, that kind of stuff, skip it because that stuff first of all there's no real link juice that you're getting from that you're just getting the anchor text and it's going to cost you money yeah.
0: dude so you're mentioning uh haro guys i want you guys to go google this right now it's called help a reporter out help a reporter out i believe we mentioned this in our three lead per day training as a, as a backlink resource and um it's so cool because you can go in there Go to help helpareporterout.com, or it's helpareporter.com, but just Google help a reporter, and you can sign up for free. And they're just going to start to send you emails. So go to uh, when you when you're on there, click I'm a source, and then it's going to have you sign up. And you're going to start to get emails. I'm pretty sure it's it's daily. I'm pretty and you're pretty yeah. sure uh, for a while there they were doing multiple times a day. It was getting crazy, but. Um, You can buzz through that, or like Andy was saying, have an assistant or a VA buzz through it every day when it comes through, and identify any articles that have any relation to a a topic that you can be an expert on for an article. It doesn't even have to all be real estate; it could be technology uh, if you can relate that to real estate, and somehow it could be finance; it could be you know anything at all. So uh, that's an amazing source, and if you can get you know if you can get cited as a as a source on an article from the Seattle Times, oftentimes they'll end up leaning. Into to your site, which is a really, really, really good thing. I've seen as an example in, in your market, Andy, uh, before you and I got to know each other, Brad Chandler from Express Home Buyers, know him well. Uh, we guided them on some of their initial backlink strategy years ago, and uh, they got plugged into HARO. And they were starting to get some really good mentions in the early days from the big publications. And almost every time they linked up to their website, and those are pretty, pretty darn good links. So yeah, guys, just create a good process there. Uh, go the legit route. Don't go by the links. And um, one last thought on the backlink side of things, because there's always a lot of questions and there's not like a, there's not going to be a definitive answer here that you can give people. It's going to be a fit for everybody. But what should someone look like? Look, look at if they're in an average market, you know, let's say it's a, it's a market like a, um, like a Memphis, Tennessee kind of a thing. I'm just making it up. Right. But if they're an average market, that's decently competitive, um, what should they be looking at potentially as volume of backlinks on a monthly basis?
1: Volume of backlinks? I. You mean to get to a point where they're ranking like number one in a certain period of time type question?
0: Or? Yeah, so if, if someone was kind of mapping out their plan for the year, should they be thinking, man, I need to get a hundred good backlinks a month or five a month? Kind I'm to be
1: honest, I think completely depends. I mean, I don't think I yep, think there's some is. really uncompetitive mid tier markets. And I think there's some really competitive mid tier markets. So I feel I'd feel a lot. You know, like I'd be speculating on that answer. Yep. Um, and I've seen with some of our test sites and some other sites as well, that you can rank really, really well in very mid tier markets with very, very few backlinks and do really, really well. Um, but it depends. You have to have the site structure on point. You have to be nailing everything else. Um, so it kind of depends where you want to put your focus. But if you are if you get up to, let's say like 100 referring domains and you're getting links from like Light. Go banking rates, realtor.com, those you know, niche related sites, you're gonna be doing really, really well by the end of the year.
0: I love it, man. Dude, I'm gonna show this really quick on my screen again, guys. Um, is where to go, where to go? I'm just gonna show this. We'll pull this up here. So I'm gonna do a quick search, okay? And I've got this this little tool, I can't remember what it's called, but um, I can probably dig it up and put it in the show notes. But, um, you know, let's just put a phrase like this. I'm going to put the Medford one in there just so I can specifically get to a you know, different city other than Roseburg because where I'm sitting right now is is not very competitive in the SEO side. But I've got this little tool. Um, let's see. I think it's called Keyword Anywhere or something. A free tool that you can put on your on your browser. Yeah, it's keywordseverywhere.com. Free tool. Um, not the best SEO tool in the world, but it's kind of a cool little thing there. So the number one organic ranking in this market, as an example, in Medford for a phrase like sell my house fast, Medford, it has a bunch of referring links. But if you look at this, it says referring domain. There's only 10 referring domains, y'all. There's only 10 referring domains. And the the domain authority for this site isn't even all that high, so you don't need a ton. Uh, and this this market's about a hundred thousand population, uh, not huge, and you can see this guy's sixty two referring or twenty seven referring domains, forty two. Uh, some of these have a lot, uh, but that's a, a national website there, and so guys, you don't need as many. Now let's do like a Dallas or something. And now this isn't uh this isn't scientific, right? Because Some of these sites might be ranking there but they maybe could have ranked there with a third of the a third of the backlinks okay so this one here in dallas it says 166 referring domains this as the number one ranking in google 324 referring domains for the second 194 Uh, down here number five is 71. so guys there's not one site on here on page one this one down here it's on page one four referring domains okay there's not one on page one that has thousands of links Guys, there's not one that has thousands of referring domains going to it. So uh, just focus, like Andy said, do a little bit of research and then focus on quality, not quantity. And you might need way fewer uh, backlinks than you than you possibly think. Cool. Well, dude, Andy, I, and we can talk SEO for, for hours, man. But is there anything else that, that um, would make sense for people to take away from this call that we haven't talked about yet or on the SEO side of things?
1: Uh, SEO has a lot of nuances. And I mean... We're happy to take a look at anybody's site and and give them feedback, recommendations Um, from the perspective of, you know, what they can do. I I think, I think we nailed it. Um, I would really put a lot of focus on on building up that state page going beyond just the city page itself. Um, If you're just trying to rank in Charleston, South Carolina, you're not going to get as many leads as if you have that South Carolina page, even though some of those leads will be around Charleston, South Carolina.
0: Cool. Dude, I, I love it. That that right there, guys, is probably the, the biggest and best tip a, a, away from here because the big thing that Andy had mentioned is, is what if someone does that search from right outside of the town that Google doesn't recognize as being in the, in the town of Charleston? Those are the leads you're currently missing by not having that state page. So create the state page, guys. Uh, go through our training, uh, the city page training, and just take the same concept and update it to make it focused on the state, on that content, mention the main cities in the in the body text, maybe link up to those primary city pages possibly, add some new pictures, drop in some testimonials, make it a robust page uh, that's got some good content, and maybe even make it closer to the 800 to 1,000 words or more. Uh, don't make it one of the short city pages because you can get ranked really well for – You know, a really, really tiny town with, with a 500 word page. But if you're going after the whole state of Texas, the whole state of California or whatever it is, then you're going to want to make sure that's a more robust piece of content that's over 800 words for sure, ideally around a thousand or more. Dude, Andy, I want to, I want to bring you back on uh, soon to kind of dig into some nuances of some of the other stuff, but I'm just really impressed with all that you've learned (laughs) in the past year and a half alone. Uh, I know it, it, it was so cool in those early years. Uh, When I was diving in to learn SEO, there's a lot of resources, but SEO fundamentally, there was a lot of things that were different back then, right? You could, you could do things that Google won't let you do today. Uh, like uh, back in the day, it was pretty common practice to stuff all your, all your, um, all your keywords inside of the meta, uh, inside of the meta tags. And now no one even uses the meta keywords thing anymore. And then it was really common practice to stuff a bunch of of, um, of keywords down at the bottom of your website in the footer and just change the color of them so it's the exact same color as the background of your site so they couldn't see the keywords. A bunch of crazy stuff like that. You can do that to game the system really easily. But the one thing that has fundamentally remained the same with SEO the whole time is Google wants to see uh, – they, they, they want to deliver high-quality websites that answer and help solve the, the searcher's problems, like that's what they wanna deliver. And so that's what we focus on care at the last eight years is how do we make sure that we're giving you guys the best tools, best training to not just not game the system, but deliver the best value to the searcher. Because when you do, Google is going to reward you for that. Okay, guys. So follow Andy's advice here. It's going to help you deliver more value to the searcher, not game the system, give you exactly or give Google exactly what they're looking for. And Andy, dude, is there anywhere people can follow you, uh, friend you up? Uh, where can people connect with you if they want? Yeah, to? Yes, so they
1: can friend me on Facebook. Um, I'm going to pull a key Sand, I'm going to give out a phone number. People call me or text me on it. it. Uh, 202. <laughs> five, seven, zero, four, six, five, one. Do not call the house guys numbers or people will be following up with you for the next seven years. Cause we had that dead sequence on forever. Um, and, and one last thing we, we did launch, a. it's, it's called SEO meets REI, uh, com, and mm-hmm. it's an SEO PPC digital marketplace for a lot of these, if you don't want to do this stuff manually, you can, we can work with you there and, and help figure some of that stuff out. And there's some other CARE members on there who, uh, who have done really well with SEO, like Keith Sands stuff, who can offer some, some consultations as well. And Tim Oplett, who who's really killing it with PPC in a lot of different markets.
0: This is awesome, man. I love it. I love it. Andy, thank you for coming on, man. Guys and gals, go follow Andy. Uh, go, to the, go to the website there, SEO Meets REI, and go implement at least one change. Go go implement the state change. Go implement uh, looking up your website and Google Console to see what stuff is popping up there for you that you might need to deindex index if there's a lot of uh, similar types of articles. But Andy, appreciate you coming on here, sharing your knowledge. Hope to connect in person again, maybe at a future carrot camp. But uh, either way, I want to I continue to find ways that we can work together. So guys and gals, go give this episode a rating and review. Go go subscribe to us on YouTube as well, because we showed some things visually that you're probably going to want to see on here that might blow your mind when you see that the data map that Andy showed you. Uh, Go find us at Carrot. Hit subscribe over there. And guys, keep coming back, because we're going to be going into 2022, really focusing on a lot of content around SEO to help you separate your sites more, help you separate the visual of your sites while still uh, converting really well, but also implementing an amazing SEO strategy to grow your evergreen marketing in 2022 and beyond. Andy, appreciate you. you. Thanks. Thanks guys.